What is going on, New York Giant fans? Welcome back to another Big Blue in the Bronx podcast episode. Hit the like button if you haven't already. Comment and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Also, share this out as well. And give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. So, not too many things to go over today in the preview for the Panthers game as, unfortunately, our guest that I plan to have on uh, had a family emergency and I really couldn't find any content creators afterwards that had availability to come on and I wanted to stick to schedule as well going to a Tuesday Saturday type show obviously that's going to be switched up with the Jets game but that's a whole nother ball game that's going to be in a week or so so don't have to worry about it right now but some things we're going to go over today the injury report the Slot cornerback dilemma, the dilemma regarding the offensive line, top matchups for the game, some stats watch as well from last week's Jets-Panthers game, and roster bubble players to watch as well, and that'll be it. So, for injury report, as you know, who's not been practicing and whatnot, Cam Brown, as of right now, he is not practicing DJ Davidson is coming off the pup list, so he's starting to get into action a little bit. And I thought he wouldn't get into action, but surprises me again. He got injured last year in week five, so I thought, okay, it's going to take you know a full year recovery, and he'll be back by midseason. But he's off the pup, and that does wonders for the Giants' D-line depth. Really does wonders. Colin Johnson, who... Brian Dable and the coaching staff love, especially from last year, got injured against the Detroit Lions. And he said, meaning Brian Dable, it's not supposed to be a long-term injury, but it's going to keep him out. So if he does not play this week against the Carolina Panthers for some reason, whether that's the knee or another injury comes up, whatever, his roster spot is really in jeopardy. He is on the boiler along with the other wide receivers that have done little to nothing this camp. He'll be put in the category with Jaden Mickens, Khalil Pimpleton, Bryce Ford Wheaton, those type of guys, and you really don't want to put him in that category. But we can't sit here and say, well, you know, last year he probably would have made the roster if he didn't get injured or whatever the story was. Um, can't rely off last year. Can't rely off last year, so we'll see what happens with him. Hopefully he does play, but that would only increase a chance for a guy like Cole Beasley or Jamison Crowder to make the roster. So there's that. Nick McLeod, he's been injured for a few days, didn't play against the Lions, and starting to think his roster spot is slowly going to be on fire. He's going to be on the boilers soon because... You have Jason Pennock, Dane Belton, and Xavier McKinney as the safeties. And that's what Nick McLeod is as of right now. He is a safety. He's not a corner. He's not a linebacker. They want him at safety. Though they have put him in one-on-one situations against wide receivers in practice, at least before he got injured. And going to that, Bobby McCain, other than maybe two plays against the Detroit Lions, looked very good at safety. In the box, he was making tackles, he was doing some deep stuff, and in training camp, 
there was a couple times he took over as the slot corner, and he was mostly with the ones and the twos, not really the threes. So that tells you, even when McLeod was practicing, that Bobby McCain had a real chance of stealing his spot. And now you have Alex Cook, who is coming on as of recent. Made a couple of nice plays in joint practices, made a couple of nice tackles, was actually the leading tackler against the Detroit Lions with seven. Made a couple of nice plays in the box. A couple other things as well. I would like to see what he does on special teams because special teams unit needs a revamping. I mean, the coach should be gone. But, however, that's not going to happen. So, you would like to put as many players that are special teams experience on there. The Cam Browns of the world, the Carter Coughlins, the Timon Foxes, the Nick McLeods, Bobby McCain's. Alex Cooks, but would the Giants really carry over McLeod as an extra safety, or would they say, okay, we're going to convert you back to a corner? I honestly think that's going to be one of the things they consider. We'll get to that when we go to the slot corner dilemma, but also we could take it as a whole cornerback conversation, really, because it really concerns everybody in that room. Tyree Phillips, he is one of the guys that in his roster spot is slowly burning up. Matt Parrott did not look great against the Lions. And, of course, in joint practices, he suffered against Aiden Hutchinson. You look at the other guys and Wyatt Davis and Corey Cunningham, we'll talk about them in a separate instance, in a separate subject. But availability is the best ability. We know this. And the Giants had another guy last year come up from the mist. We'll talk about him in just a second. But Tyree Phillips... A respected vet, solid guy, you know, solid guard, average tackle. He didn't even play well in camp pre this injury. So it's a little disheartening to see him injured because he's not a dislikable guy. But listen, you can't stay on the field. Then what impact and what difference are you going to make on this team sitting on the bench? And it's not like... He's this all-pro tackle. He's a guy looking for a roster spot. Now, if he does get cut by the Giants and he gets healthy, I'm assure you, I will assure you that the Jets or you know the Packers or the Panthers will pick him up because he is a solid offensive lineman that you would like to have just in case injury happens. But it's all about what happens in Giants camp. They're not going to say, okay, we're going to reflect on last year. He played better than Parrott. That's not what's going to happen. That's not what's going to happen. So we'll see. I think the way he's losing the biggest right now is not just, you know, his play before the injury and being injured himself, but missing the opportunities to play at right tackle for Evan Neal. Matt Parrott has gotten a junk of those, and only him. Not Davis, not Devery Hamilton, not Corey Cunningham, not any other guy who stepped up other than Matt Parrott. And you could sit here and argue, yeah, you know, Hasn't been great, but he's on the field. And I'm not defending Matt Pear, but he's on the field. The next guy, Devery Hamilton, a guy that really impressed last year in the Pats game, played well in joint practices, played well in training camp, played well, and he made his way onto the roster as a depth tackle, depth guard. Then they got Terry Phillips in and a couple other different guys. And many people thought he was going to play more games, but he didn't. 
So, Tyree Phillips filled in, and he was going to have to compete upwards for a spot. An uphill battle he had to fight. He was playing with the third team as the tackle on both sides. So he was on the Wyatt Davis spectrum of things. And Corey Cunningham and Tyree Phillips and Matt Parrott were earning first team, second team reps as rotational guards and rotational tackles. But in this situation, yeah, Devery Hamilton, he's got versatility. But he's not playing. So that's going to hurt him big time. And again, like Tyree Phillips, but on a lesser level, he is losing out due to not playing when Evan Neal is hurt. Due to not playing and showing out when guys like Wyatt Davis, Corey Cunningham, and Jack Anderson are stinking up the field. Evan Neal, he's going to go through non-contact stuff. It's good to see him slowly make his way back, but you would like to see him get first-team snaps against other guys the next two weeks. Um, We'll see if he's ready for Friday, but Justin Houston... Brian Burns, let's see who else we got, Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, Michael Clemens. Those are some good test matches for Demarcus Lawrence in week one. Now, are those guys the rushers that Demarcus Lawrence is? No. And I happen to think that Demarcus Lawrence has fallen off. However, you need Evan Neal to step up. And you need him to stay on the field. And just overall, period, step up this year. So, him missing time, it's not like he's competing for a roster spot, but, I mean, the concussion must have done him big. And then the last one, Gary Brightwell. He, in my opinion, is one of the biggest losers with these injuries. And it's not all being Gary Brightwell is bad or anything like that. The running back room really hasn't been productive based off that one game against the Lions. Deshaun Corbin had the biggest run. And I think he should get more time as the kick return and running backs and stuff like that. And he has been as of recent practices, right? James Robinson looked really, really slow against the Lions. He had six carries for nine yards. Guaranteed the offensive line looked like utter garbage. However, he has been known to be slow over the last two years. The Jaguars traded him to the Jets. And to move on from that, The Jets moved on from him because he was not very good. He was slow coming off the injury. And that's really taken a toll on his career, that injury. That season ender from 2021, I believe it was. Something along those lines. But listen, in a win-now year for the Giants, they can't be feeling bad for guys. Robinson looked slow. Eric Gray didn't look the best. Once again, you could always factor in the offensive line. However, Brightwell, the offensive line wasn't perfect last year for the depth guys, but Brightwell found a way through. Kick return, punt return, you could probably put Brightwell back there. He's also a core special teams player. If you guys remember that punt that Valus Jones dropped last year against the Giants, which was you know the Chicago Bears game. Who recovered that punt? Gary Brightwell did. So he's a core special teamer. And the Giants are missing that. And they could always seek guys that play special teams and all that sort of stuff. But Gary Brightwell was coming in once again on an uphill battle. That's what you see a lot with these guys on the injury report. 
these guys are fighting uphill battles just to keep their spot on the roster and they, they get hurt. Availability is the best ability before any of the other traits combined. So I think Brightwell is one of the biggest losers coming down with this injury and everything else in between. Now, I do want to go to the slot corner dilemma. It's been a big talking point on Giants Twitter. And I thought, okay, let's do a segment about it. So, if I was to make a prediction, this would be the five cornerbacks that make the roster. Aaron Robinson, we'll see if he comes back, but he's not there right now. Cordell Flott, in no specific order, by the way. Cordell Flott, Trey Hawkins, Deontay Banks, Darnay Holmes, and Adoree Jackson. If you want to factor in Nick McLeod in your predictions, whatever. Do as you please. Now, here are the positives. And from the outside, it looks as if three guys really can play the slot. Hawkins, I think, can too, but mostly an outside corner. Cordell Flott, play the slot. Donnie Holmes, and Dory Jackson, who's been playing there more as of recent. Now, what do you get out of positives? It gets more DBs involved, right? You could have Flott on the outside, a Dory in the slot, Banks as an outside corner, Hawkins on the outside. Holmes, not necessarily, because he's just a pigeonhole-type slot guy that you're not going to get any production from on the outside. He's too short. The measurements aren't there. But you got three guys that can play the slot and four guys that can play the outside. And there's a lot of different maneuvering things that you could do that affect his defense in a positive light. Once again, getting more DBs involved. You could put Holmes, if there's a five wide receiver set, which, you know, who knows if there is or isn't, you know, if a team randomly decides to do that. Or you decide we're not going to put linebackers on the field. We're going to do 5-3-3 or whatever the hell the defensive lineman is. It would be a 3-3-5 and include no safeties. Do as you please. But you could put Holmes and Jackson in the slot positions, one on the left side, one on the right side. Flot. And let's just say Deontay Banks on the outside. And then let's just say a slot position goes to Hawkins or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of different things you could do with the personnel that you have. And I think it's a positive thing that the Giants have this many corners in terms of flexibility. And there's a lot that could go right. There's a lot that could go wrong. Once again, Adoree can play in the slot. And Cordell Flott, who is competing for the slot spot, is arguably a better outside corner. Saw it last year against the Vikings, a couple other different teams. I thought he was better as an outside corner. I think he's longer. I don't think there's too much of a speed element to keep up with slot wide receivers. Now, I could be wrong, and he comes in the season. He does really well. But you don't want to put a round peg in a square hole, vice versa. So we'll see what happens. Also, if if uh, Cordell Flop plays the outside... There is no pressure, and this is, of course, with the Dory and the slot. There is no pressure for Hawkins to be a day one starter. You can rotate him as you please because I don't think, in my honest opinion, despite his training camp 
emergence. I don't think Trey Hawkins is going to be playing 50% of the snaps week one. Unless the Giants are so boggled down with injuries and a lack of corner depth that they have to get guys in the waiver wire, stuff like that. Like, I would see those guys probably playing more snaps than a guy like Trey Hawkins. Now, of course, I could be proven wrong, and he's thrown to the Wolves. And they say, okay, let's see what you could do. And then also, man coverage is still a possibility. You don't have to worry about, you know, Darnay Holmes. If you subtract Holmes out of the equation, you could still do what you want. Jackson in the slot, Banks, Flot, all these different things. All these different alignments you could do. But I think one of the main points you could press on, Flot is arguably a better outside corner. And if he plays outside with Adoria in the slot, there is no pressure for Hawkins to be a day one starter. There was none coming into camp. But maybe now just a tense of expectation, just an ounce of it, has gone up. Just a little bit. But I don't think he should be a day one starter. I don't. Because I think we have some tough opponents within the first three to seven games. And yes, we want Hawkins to see time eventually, but that would have to be through injury or bad play of somebody else. Now, there are negatives when it comes to this, though, when it comes to these alignments. Lack of trust in slot corners. Darnay Holmes, he's a guy that plays mostly successful in zone coverage. He's a guy that if you put him in man, he struggles with rub routes and he's also a guy that will commit a ton of penalties, pass interference, holding, that area of the penalty markers. So you sort of have to play zone when you're with Darnay on the field, or else you are risking, once again, the penalties that he could commit. Now, that also would mean you have a lack of trust in Cordell Flott. Now, would the Giants be strict or not to say, okay, we can make these maneuverings or we cannot? Which navigates in a couple of different areas. Because if they don't want to play a Dory in the slot and they say, you know, we're going to play him on the outside. And they're going to sit here and say, okay, we're going to play Banks on the other side. That means they would likely want to bring in a free agent or a waiver wire corner. Or even trade somebody to get another corner off of another roster just to play the slot and that's a bad thing because Holmes I mean you could probably trade him but he's got a ton of experience so there's that and that's not necessarily Joe Shane or Brian Dable or Wink Martindale's fault it's a different regime guy but Flot, that means one of two things if you're not trusting him automatically and I get it he was a developmental player drafted last year that means number one you don't trust him he's not ready yet or you don't want to put him on the outside, which he could be better on the outside, but you're putting a square peg in a round hole, which would not be fruitful for this Giants defense. And then the next thing is, if you do leave a Dory in the slot, which could be most of the time in this scenario, it will lead to more struggles for Deontay Banks, Cordell Flott, and Trey Hawkins. Now, Flott, I am in a more confident guy with him being on the outside. But if they say, look, we're not playing Flot on the outside. He was playing with the second string defense as an outside corner. Yeah, that's a great sign of progression. I'd like to see it in a game. But 
if Adoree Jackson is in the slot and they say, no, we're not going to put Flott in, you got Hawkins and Banks on both sides. And imagine you're going up against one of the top teams in the league with like a good wide receiver duo. Now, granted, Miami Dolphins, you may be able to use an example, but, you know, we have Waddle, you have Hill. One of those would be covered by Adoree Jackson, and then the other one would probably be Braxton Berrios or any other receivers they do have. But, once again, if you got a team that's got two really good outside threats and another good inside threat, then you might be screwed and Trey Hawkins might get a beating. Deontay Banks might get a beating, depending on how they play and adjust to adversity. And Wink, in that situation, might have to switch back to zone defense. So, in my opinion, that is the whole corner dilemma. Now, if you want to go further into this, not just the slot, but overall, the Giants don't have a ton of impressive depth. Now, contrary to what I thought originally, I thought, okay, you know, our Warrior... Started a lot of games for the Lions. Maybe just a misfit. Hasn't had a great camp this far. Radarius Williams still has problems tackling. The Giants coaching staff does not like him. Jamon Green is a threat to nobody to make the roster. So he's likely a practice squad guy. Let's see who else we got. Zion Gilbert. I mean, he played in two games for the Giants last year, but that's not going to prove to be anything. He's a slot guy. And he's not an outside corner. He's a smaller guy. And then I'm trying to think who else. I think there's one guy I'm missing, but at the end of the day, it could be very screwy for the Giants at the waiver wire or where they're cutting down guys. Nick McLeod, you might have to transition him back to corner. A lot of people say, okay, well, McLeod's speed is not good enough to play corner. Safety, he's a bit more rangy, not speedy, but he can play deep safety and whatnot. And he's gotten a couple of picks in training camp that way but if he's better at safety than a corner you don't really want to put once again a square peg in round hole and say okay because we don't have any depth at corner we're going to put you at corner and god forbid the situation happens where a dory goes down or any other corners go down and he's starting again you might have to go back to zone defense or just take the cuts to the wrist that you did last year especially when you know guys like a dory went down and the other thing is Aaron Robinson. What do the Giants plan on doing with him? It's a 50-50 win-loss, win-loss situation all around because he's a man corner fit. I think he could play both outside and slot. A lot of people see him as a slot fit. The problem is, does this Giants regime like him? I thought they did based off last year, but also they have... A little bit better depth this year with Trey Hawkins, Deontay Banks coming in. And can he stay on the field? When is he going to be ready? Those are questions you need to ask yourself because if it's in practice and all the guys that are starting, Banks, Hawkins, Adoree, Flott, for example, they're healthy. And then Robinson goes down with an injury in practice and he can't play for whatever reason. And then also maybe... A Dory goes down a few days later, you're kind of screwed. Kind of screwed in that asset. So he's versatile, in my opinion. He's a good tackler, but he can't stay on the field. So the Giants, 
I would say about 33% right now are looking at the waiver wire or a possible trade for another corner. Especially in the slot. That's a big dilemma. Talking about dilemmas, let's move to the offensive line. And this is probably the biggest dilemma that the New York Giants have at this moment. Is the offensive line. You got two guys who are injured that made last year's team. One off the waiver wire and one just generally making the team out of the summer. Tyree Phillips and Devery Hamilton, who I discussed a little bit earlier because they are on the injury report. They are not practicing. They are not doing any of that stuff. They're losing out, and I think the Giants are losing out. Now, of course, it would be a big suffer more towards Tyree Phillips and Devery Hamilton in terms of making roster spots. But on the other side, those are two guys that made the roster last year. Tyree Phillips is reliable. Granted, he's not on the field. Granted. He didn't have a good camp. But the Giants could see this one of two ways. With Tyree Phillips, they could say, look, last year he did solid for us. When we asked him to play, we could keep him on the roster. Or they could say, you know what? We're going to go to the waiver wire instead because this guy didn't have a good camp even before his injury. So they could take one of two angles in that asset. Devery Hamilton. It's most likely over for him. I'm going to say that right now. Unless he studs up gets off the bench and plays either with the injury or without the injury but it's looking like it's going to be out for a few more days meaning Devery Hamilton I can't see him making the roster even before I can't see him making the roster and you know if he comes in and plays better than Wyatt Davis and Corey Cunningham sure but does that really meet the giant standards as far as what they want at offensive tackle in terms of depth. Corey Cunningham and Wyatt Davis, speaking of those two guys, they looked awful versus Detroit. That's nobody's secret at all. Cunningham, three sacks, Wyatt Davis, one. So that's four sacks between the offensive tackles, not even the guards, the tackles. And Wyatt Davis, I will give him a little slack. He is a guard. Corey Cunningham, he's been practicing mostly guard, but is also a tackle. He was drafted out of Cincinnati by the Arizona Cardinals and then went on to the Patriots as a tackle, mostly as a swing tackle. And coming into training camp, these guys, just like Tyree Phillips, Devery Hamilton, they were facing an uphill battle because all these different guys coming in. I mean, Phillips really wasn't facing an uphill battle, but because of the way he was struggling in camp and one-on-ones, he was. But Corey Cunningham, White Davis, two scraps looking for a roster spot. Let's be honest. They're two flunkies, right? White Davis, former third-round pick. Corey Cunningham, late-round pick, 2018, whatever the case may be. They could have had the shot to step up and say, I'm going to be the swing tackle. I'm going to perform like the swing tackle and play better than Matt Parrott, play better than some of the other guys on this roster. But they tanked that. And now that's put the Giants in a position to where they may have to go to the waiver wire. Or, in my honest opinion, Cunningham and Dave Davis should be cut immediately. Now, I regularly wouldn't say this, and I'm not an irrational type of fan. But I think the New York Giants ought to take action here. Because there could be other guys on the market that are better than these guys. Joe Haig, former tackle of the Colts. Former tackle of the Bucks, former tackle of the Steelers. I'd bring him in. I would take him over Corey Cunningham and Wyatt Davis. Zach Banner, same thing. I mean, yeah, he had an injury a few years ago, 
But hell, I mean, as a depth tackle, I'd take him over Cunningham and Davis. What other guys are out there? I mean, Eric Fisher, no, not really. I mean, hasn't started in a year or two. There's another guy that just crossed the top of my mind. He's 37, 38 years old, Ty Nisecki, who was with Buffalo before, but I necessarily wouldn't trust him. I would trust him over Davis or Cunningham, but I wouldn't trust him because I'm like, is the play wearing down on a guy like Ty Nisecki? Washington for a few years, Dallas, whatever. But I think the Giants ought to start bringing in guys and working out tackles on veteran minimum contracts and seeing if they can come in here. Screw the short-term chemistry among the offensive linemen. That does not matter. I think the guard room is set, most likely, but the tackle room needs to be set too. Um, I'm going to skip to the next one, and that's Marcus McKeithen and Josh Rizzuto. I honestly think... Now, call me irrational. Call me someone who's jumping the gun. I think Marcus McKeithen and Josh Azuda should start seeing time at tackle. Marcus McKeithen is more out there. He's coming off an injury. Guard and tackle, definitely, right? Right guard, right tackle. That's what he's going to be. He's going to be a swing offensive lineman for the Giants. And he saw time at right tackle last year and played very well. At least in camp. But Josh Azuda played tackle in college. And right now they're focusing on him to be at least the future left guard and looking to put him in as a rotational piece with Ben Bredesen, JMS, and then Glowinski on the right side unless Glowinski's bad or Glowinski gets injured. So rather than rotate him, I would have him just work on his technique and I would say... Okay, with the second team you'll play guard, or with the first team you'll play guard, or the second and third team, you're going to go play tackle. Because if the Giants can have some level of confidence that he can be an average backup tackle or slightly subpar backup tackle, that beats anything Cunningham and Davis bring to the table. And you know you drafted right. Now, third round, obviously, yeah, they probably had high hopes for Azudu. And there's no situation that says, oh, he automatically cannot be a future guard because he's positioned to tackle. No, that just makes him more versatile for the time being because you know Bredesen is more ready. You know Glowinski's more ready. You know JMS is more ready. So, I'm just saying that. And also, I'm going to bring this up. Shane Lemieux and Sean Harlow. I think those guys could make the team. Not that I'm, dors- I'm sitting here endorsing it. But Lemieux apparently performed well against the Lions, and this is what he does in the preseason. We saw it last year against the Pats for like 20 snaps. We saw it a couple of years ago against the Broncos where he played like 16 snaps. He played well. Um, I mean, this is what he does when mostly it doesn't count, but when he gets more reps, his play starts to plummet. But if they value him and say, look, Last year was just a one-opportunity type thing, coming off injury, blah, 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 blah. They could say, okay, we're going to keep you as the swing guard, and if we find somebody better, we'll make an upgrade, but right now you are the swing guard. And you can also play center, which they've been doing with Jack Anderson, Sean Harlow, whatever. And the same could also apply for Jack Anderson. I didn't mention him uh, in that whole conversation, in the whole headline, I should say, with Shane Lemieux and Sean Harlow, but he's another guy that can make the roster. Played a couple of games for the Giants last year. Um, 
a Dable, Bobby Johnson type of guy. So we'll see. And Sean Harlow, he could make the team, honestly, based on his experience, played a couple of games with the Falcons, played a couple of games with the Cardinals at center and right guard and left guard. Versatile, experienced, average to below average. That, honestly, might be the standard to make the team as a backup offensive lineman. So let's move more into the game prep, the top matchups and stuff like that. I'm looking at Kayvon Thibodeau or Aziz Ojolari. Now, of course, most of these are pending the starters playing, which I think they will. If they don't, then you'll see the backups. But Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari versus Akima Kwanu. You did not see that matchup last year because both of those guys were injured. Akima Kwanu is still struggling in pass protection. And we haven't seen a ton from Aziz and Kayvon in camp. It's not like they're breaking out. They've got some good plays here and there. But I would like to see them versus Akima Kwanu. Now, Taylor Moton, he's one of the more underrated tackles in this league. Maybe they, I don't know, do something like putting Cameron Irving at right tackle. But I am looking for Aziz Ojolari and Thibodeau to go out there and make an ass of Akima Kwanu. No offense, Panthers fans, but he hasn't been good. So I'm looking at that matchup. Another matchup I'm looking at is the slot corner versus the slot wide receiver. Now, it could be a couple of different things and shake a couple of different ways. It could be Darnay Holmes. Or Cordell Flott with the ones or the twos versus Jonathan Mingo, DJ Chark, or Shai Smith. One of the reps I saw last year against the Panthers, Shai Smith dropped, but he outright beat Darnay Holmes in week two in one of these reps at the goal line. I think it was at the goal line or in the red zone in general, but he had a nice route. He just dropped the pass. So if they recognize that and Shai Smith has better hands this time, that could make their decision easier in terms of whether Holmes is a slot corner or not same thing could go with Cordell Flott against Jonathan Mingo or DJ Chark or Shai Smith whoever it may be I think it's going to be an interesting competition and just overall those guys getting it in versus starters not backups Adam Thielen versus Deontay Banks if Thielen does play I would like to see him go up against Deontay Banks he's still a solid receiver yeah he's not well he was how many years ago but he is still a solid receiving threat in the NFL. I mean, you know, a lot of Giant fans were against signing him. I was, but he's now Bryce Young's target, one of many. And Deontay Banks going up against Adam Thielen. I would like to see that matchup. He went up against Jamison Williams, fared well. I would like to see him go up against Adam Thielen. And also Trey Hawkins maybe going up against Jonathan Mingo, Charker Thielen. I think those are all reputable characters that Trey Hawkins could now gain his confidence a little bit more and say, hey, listen, it's th- yeah, it's a preseason, but I locked down Adam Thielen. I locked down DJ Chark. I locked down Jonathan Mingo. I made it easier for my edge rushers to go after the quarterback. The next one is if he plays, and you could also maybe say Matt Parrott, but it wouldn't be as exciting, Justin Houston or Brian Burns versus Evan Neal. Those are two very good edge rushers. Now, Justin Houston, of course, has slowed down from his prime days with the Kansas City Chiefs. Brian Burns, drafted a couple of years ago. He's still one of the best pass rushers in this league. And as far as those two guys go, 
They are still reputable characters going up against Evan Neal, who didn't have a good season last year, let's be completely honest. And Evan Neal needs these reps. He needs these mini tests, mini segmented tests this week, next week against the Jets to prepare himself for Demarcus Lawrence. And we're saying that because Evan Neal, yeah, last year first round pick that needs to step it up. And these mini tests will start to tell us. And then the next one, Jalen Hyatt versus Dante Jackson or J.C. Horn. I don't know in particular um, who's going to start for the wide receivers. If Jalen Hyatt does play, run some simple routes or whatever the case may be, I would like to see him go up against those two guys. And I know they'll probably mix in Isaiah Hodgins, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, which will be fun. But I'd like to see Jalen Hyatt go up against some solid competition. Dante Jackson, he's a good corner in this league. Same thing can be said for J.C. Horner, who was drafted a couple of years ago out of South Carolina. So, moving on to the last segment of the day, or I should say the podcast, roster bubble players to watch. I'm looking at Dante Johnson as one of them. Didn't have much impact last game, made a few tackles. But now with Cam Brown looking to possibly be sidelined for the game against the Panthers, it's his time to shine. A lot of these guys that I'm mentioning, because injuries at other positions have happened, it's their time to shine against the backups and guys of their own talent level. Habakkuk Baldonado versus Ricky Lee or Larnell Coleman. Or Larnell Coleman, I believe, was a draft pick of the Dolphins a few years ago. Ricky Lee is an undrafted free agent himself against... A fellow undrafted free agent in Habakkuk Baldonado out of Pittsburgh. Hey, listen, you played well against the Detroit Lions. You got arguably two sacks. You played well against the run at times. Go out there and make a difference in the edge room. O'Shane Zimenez was completely quiet. Quiet as a church mouse, quiet as a cricket. And he didn't do anything against the Lions. Habakkuk Baldonado did. Yeah, lower competition, but that's his competition. We're not asking Baldonado to come in here and be the starting pass rusher. That's not what we're asking for. We're asking for solid depth. If he can play the run well, if he can play the pass well, good. He can make himself a roster spot. Jay Sean Corbin. Shouts to my man Tony, by the way. Jay Sean Corbin for the reasons of two things. Number one, I would like to see him a kick returner. Eric Gray did not look great at kick returner against the Detroit Lions. Jaden Mickens didn't look good in that area. No Gary Brightwell to test them. Deshaun Corbin had a good 35-yard return last year, plus 15 yards against the Patriots. I would like to see him more in that role. I would also like to see him more as a running back because James Robinson wasn't very good. Eric Gray looked a little off. Matt Breida got one carry for one yard. I highly doubt they'll play Saquon. So Deshaun Corbin, you know what? Go out there and flex. If you're not making this team, you definitely will make another if you flex really well and play really well against this Panthers squad. Amani Aruarier, he's a guy that really hasn't done well in camp, but he's also been quiet, an interception or two. He's a guy that really needs to step it up to make this team. Veteran corner, draft pick a couple of years ago from the Lions. There's a lot of teams that need a corner. And you resort back to the Giants, they need corner depth, but they don't need depth in terms of bad depth. Like, they don't need Elijah Griffin from last year or, you know, Darren Evans or whatever the case may be. If a Warrior sucks, they're going to cut him. 
But if he plays solid over the next two games, then they'll say, okay, we have a reason to keep this guy because he has a ton of experience and maybe we could do something with him. Wide receiver David Sills. He's been quiet during camp because there's a lot of competition that holds a spot over him. Daniel Jones being his best buddy hasn't gotten him anywhere. He's been mostly with the twos and the threes. He did good last game against the Lions, I will admit, other than the face mask on special teams. But he's a guy that's going to have to work his ass off in this game. The next two games, really. He's going to have to work his ass off as an outside receiver, running simple routes. And then the next one, Sean Harlow. We're going to take a closer eye on him because he's a guy that's played a lot of games, Falcons, Cardinals, what have you. And he has more experience than some of the guys like Jack Anderson, Wyatt Davis, Shane Lemieux in this room. Played center, played left guard, played right guard. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's below average to average at best. But, I mean, if you got that type of versatility and experience, the Giants will probably take it. And they don't even know what options are going to come in free agency. What options are going to come with the waiver wire. But... They could stick with you and say, okay, we're good, based on if you play well in the preseason against the ones, the twos, the threes. Likely he won't get one reps, but twos and threes against your own competition. But that's all I got for you guys. Also, I know I did this at the end, but I just want to shout out our sponsor real quick, SeatGeek. If you're looking to go to a ball game, a concert, MetLife parking passes, what have you, you can get $20 off your entire order with the promo code Big Blue in the Bronx. That's Big Blue in the Bronx, the name of the podcast and the channel. Like, comment, subscribe to all the good stuff. Turn on post notifications so you know when the live stream pops or drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Peace out, guys. See you later. Stay cool. Let's go, Big Blue.